What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of Those Who Can't Play Talk. Uh, we got some NFL football playoff coverage coming up for you guys. I'm your host, Chris. Of course, I got my boy Wayne here with me, as always. What up, guys? I don't know how you're feeling, dude, but I am tired and absolutely wrecked from work and that workout today. That was a lot of deadlifts. It was a lot. Yeah, so my much. back's not going to thank me in the morning. I can tell you that much. I'd be uh, walking like a... 50-year-old dude getting out of bed. Yeah, I'm hoping mine will uh, forgive me. I tried to roll out real good after the uh, the old workout and soaked in the old bathtub. Hopefully that does some wonders. Yeah, we'll see. It's hell getting old, turning I, 35. I will say I took an ice bath the other day and it worked wonders. I just couldn't bring myself to do another one today. Nah, that's pure misery. I'd rather do the workout again before taking an ice bath. I'm fixing to start taking them on a regular basis. Uh, you and you enjoy that let me know how it works out for you it worked wonders i'm telling you all right well we got the divisional round of the playoffs coming this week some uh pretty good and pretty intriguing matchups we'll kick it off with the early game i say early game to be kind of mid-afternoon tomorrow with the rams traveling to the frozen tundra to take what, on what? your packers so try to try to keep it as unbiased as you can please sir but take us away with the rams and packers I mean, I feel like I am relatively unbiased with most of my picks and opinions. Um, this game is really, I mean, no, no matter how you look at it, this game is strength against strength. I mean, you have number one scoring offense in Green Bay, number one scoring defense mm-hmm. in L.A. Aaron Donald is a bad man. You got great pass rush with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and you have – Green Bay's line that was rated at the end of the season as number one in pass block and run block win percentage. So, I mean, you have that whole matchup there. You have first-team All-Pro wide receiver Devontae Adams against first-team All-Pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey. There again, strength against strength. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a hell of a matchup because. Both teams are coming in being good at opposite things, and they're just going to clash all game. I think uh, really the game's going to come down to, to me, the biggest things it's going to come down to is Jared Goff's thumb, broke thumb on his throwing hand. They've been practicing in 75, 80-degree weather all week. They're fixing to be playing in 25 to 30-degree weather. With snow. I don't know if the, I thought the weather was supposed to be clear, or they were saying earlier in the week it might have changed. Yeah. And I hadn't saw an updated weather report. Last time I looked at it, it was it was calling for snow. So I mean, to your point, yeah, I mean Green Bay's offense this year has been nothing short of prolific. I mean, you can put them up there with the Chiefs as far as um, you know just high powered offenses in the NFL. You're right, the Rams definitely strength this year is, is defense. Like I said, great pass rush. Jalen Ramsey will probably shadow Devontae Adams. Um, I think where this is going to be different this week than last week, I mean, DK Metcalf, I mean, he's great, young, up-and-coming wide receiver. And, of course, Russell Wilson, is he's an all-pro in his own right. But you're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They'll they'll find a way to scheme, put him in the slot, maybe move him around some. I mean, even with Ramsey shadowing him all game, I mean, Devontae Adams is the type of guy that's still going to get his. So, to be honest with you, I think what really is going to determine this game, like you said, Goff, his health won. Um, I know Cooper Cup is a little bit banged up. He had some stuff uh, yeah, he had a knee injury. last week. Um, offensive line for the Rams, too, again, a little bit banged up. And I think 
what's kind of not really talked about too much with the Packers because they are so good on offenses. Their defense this year has been excellent. Um, yeah. I mean, three all three phases of defense, you know, they, they do a decent job, maybe not great at rushing the quarterback, not a high volume of sacks this year, I don't believe. But, I mean, Jair Alexander is – He's turned into a borderline shutdown corner. Yeah, he and again, was like I said, was the number one corner this year in the NFL. Yeah, and I just think with the Rams' offensive challenges, um, to me, I mean, even if Green Bay's defense was bend but don't break, I just don't see it being a huge issue. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I've, you know, grown up playing sports and stuff like that. I never enjoyed the cold, especially, you know, being from the South and golf oh, being no. a – California kid trying to throw the ball with a bad thumb and, you know, freezing weather with, you know, whether there's snow or not snow, I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be windy and all that. It's just, it doesn't just really line up well. Yeah, so. golf has played in two games in his NFL career in below freezing temperatures. He's averaged 190 yards passing, passing per game, zero touchdowns, five interceptions in those games. Uh, Man, obviously, four of those all my came research. in one game. You're taking all my numbers. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's the same thing. But, um, I mean, he didn't look it, impressive throwing the ball last week with his thumb. Uh, no. That was in mid-40-degree weather, uh, taking 20 degrees off the temperature. That ball is going to be extremely hard to grip. So, that's going to be a yeah, huge it's gonna, challenge. It's going to be a duck hunt all day. I mean, it's going to just – I mean, yeah. if the dude could throw a tight spiral, I'll be surprised. I mean, it's going to look like me back there throwing the fucking football. And to um, – to counter your your argument on the not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, Zadarius Smith was top five in the league in sacks. He he did get his numbers. Now, yeah. obviously, Preston Smith didn't get his, but we do have a couple decent pass rushers. Yeah, I mean, I think this – I mean, unfortunately for the Rams, great win last week against the Seahawks as an underdog. Um you know, it kind of leads us into if I was a betting man, which I've been known to wager a time or two in my day. Um, yeah. Just some, just throwing it out there. I think the Packers minus six and a half. The fact that you're getting them less than a touchdown, I think that's just a huge value in itself. So, given how good the Packers' offense is, the Rams' struggles. I mean, even as good as the Rams' defense has been, I just think there's huge value in taking the the uh, Packers minus six and a half. So, if I was a betting man, that's what I would take. Um, just some other kind of stuff to look at. So, in the NFL since 2017, there's been seven playoff games in which the temperature has been freezing or below. Um, every single one of those games has gone over. So, I think this game, if I was a betting man, is going to break that mold. Uh, the lines or the total, excuse me, is 45 and a half. Um, I think that half point being out there is a solid play on the under if you want to go that route. I mean, I, I believe that. Green Bay is going to score their touchdowns. It'll be one of those deals where I think that maybe midway through the third quarter, they're up, you know, 21, 24, 10, and they really start feeding Aaron Jones, just turning into ball control, especially in that kind of weather, um, and yeah. just try to grind that, that Rams defense down. So um, really like the Packers minus six and a half. That's the play I would take in the game. Um, also, just if you're looking for a little more action, I, you know, I do like the under on 45 and a half, just given the – the weather and then the overall Rams struggles on offense and then the fact that they have a they do have a solid defense. I don't think that the Packers are gonna go stupid wild, but I mean like I said, this this game kinda just screams thirty one ten as a final to me. So I like yeah. I said I like the Packers minus six and a half and the under and if you kinda reverting back to my point earlier about strength on strength. 
the great equalizer here is going to be Aaron Rodgers and mm-hmm. his ability to lead the offense and also protect the ball better than anyone else in NFL history. So he could definitely equalize that great Rams defense because they've scored a a touchdown in, I think, three or four games in a row now on defense. So that trend could definitely end this week with the way Green Bay protects the ball on offense. And if you equalize that defense, the Rams are in trouble. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has made like 400 starts in the playoffs. So, you know, he's up there with the Tom Brady's and Drew Brees' as far as knowing how to – you know, take over a game and go win one or in a situation where you need to just manage a game and go get a W, he's your guy. So I think it's it's pretty straightforward. I think we both like the Packers. That's just – I don't – yeah, the Rams, for as good as they are on defense, I just don't think they do enough offensively to, to even really cause any problems for Green Bay. So, yeah. Uh, moving on, the, the evening game is the Ravens at the Bills. Bills Mafia with a big win last week against the Colts. Um, really hanging on. Ravens, um, they've looked good. They've looked good ever since the last five, six games of the season. Lamar Jackson's finally clicking. Uh, Marquise Brown has finally, much to the chagrin of myself and all other fantasy owners who drafted him this year, finally started to arrive uh, late in the season as emerging. I wouldn't call him a number one receiver. He's definitely their number one receiver, but as a uh, a viable go-to option, air quotes, go-to, because I know that Lamar Jackson leans real heavily on uh, Mark Andrews, this big tight end from Oklahoma. But, you know, <clears throat> I think the big thing here is, I mean, the, the Ravens offensively, they do run the ball well. They've got kind of a three-headed attack at running back, not counting Mark Ingram, who he just kind of occupies a roster spot as a name who looks kind of attractive. I mean, obviously it's going to be J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson had over 100 yards rushing last week. Typically, when he does that, they tend to win games. Um, it just makes the defense have to have a whole new level of respect and commit that 11th defender to essentially spying Lamar Jackson. And there's no one on the field that's going to be able to match him in terms of athleticism. So I think that for the Bills, um, you know, old man Phillip Rivers last week had some success against them. You know, yeah, the Rivers has been around the block, played in a few more playoff games than Lamar Jackson has, but Lamar Jackson is infinitely more athletic, I think, and, and talented than uh, Phillip Rivers is. Um, so, you know, for as good as the Bills have been this year, um, I'm just going to go ahead and call this one as an upset. I do think the Ravens are going to win. I think they're going to go into uh, Orchard Park there in Buffalo and, and maybe steal one. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but to me – for as much publicity as the Bills are getting, this is kind of another game like last week where the Ravens may feel like a little bit of disrespect that no one's kind of giving them the credit where it's due. I mean, I think, you know, they get a legit shot of walking in there and walking out with a dub. Yeah, I think they definitely have a legit chance to win. Uh, if I were going to pick an upset this week, it would be them. They would be the uh, – I'd give Baltimore the biggest chance of pulling upset this week. I mean, you have two somewhat similar quarterbacks here. Obviously, Josh Allen is not nearly as athletic as Lamar Jackson in the running game, but he does run the ball well when he does, and he's a little bit better of a passer than Lamar Jackson. Uh, He's got a lot better receiver to throw to down the field with Stephon Diggs, who's been phenomenal this year. That offense is really – taken off with digs 
uh, it's it's going to be a struggle. I don't I don't see either t- team pulling away with this one. It's going to be a close game. And yeah, it's, it'll, it's it'll be definitely back to, and forth. Yeah, it's going to come down to. I mean, honestly, with this one, I think this is probably one of the few game, maybe even the only game this weekend that really comes down to who has the ball last. Yeah, and the thing that hurts the Bills the most is they have zero running game. No, and Josh Allen is the best running back that they have right now. I mean, nothing against Devin Singletary. <clears throat> Excuse me, he hadn't put out like he did last year as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, Zach Moss got hurt. And so that pretty much leaves uh, Josh Allen as, I mean, I don't want to say their most viable running option, but I'm sure that they may scheme some like RPO, run pass option type stuff, try to get him in some space, maybe some quarterback, you know, um, yeah. counters and, and stuff like that. Devontae Freeman to a practice squad. I don't know if he has uh, been cleared with COVID protocols to be able to be bumped to the active roster or not, but I assume if he is eligible, he will be. And we'll probably get some kind of snap count and some carries just to change it up in the running game. But really, it's going to come down. I think, I think Buffalo will play better this game now that they've got some of those playoff jitters out of their system from last week. I mean, it was their first playoff game in forever. A really young team in the playoffs, so I think they'll be a lot more calm and more focused this week. Uh, it's really, I think, it's going to come down to Baltimore's defense if they can can really limit Josh Allen in the passing game and make that offense try to run the ball, which is their weak point. I think that's how Baltimore can can really take the advantage here. Yeah. If, if not, I mean, I could really see this being a decently scoring game, and I could really if, – if Baltimore's defense doesn't step up, I could see Josh Allen pulling something out late to, you know, Stephon Diggs or Cole Beasley and making a big play to, to win the game. Yeah, so – for me personally, um, you know, my, I do like the Ravens uh, plus two and a half. Now, if it were me, I would definitely buy that half point and uh, get it to three just in case a late field goal or something like that so you can at least walk away with a push. But, um, I mean, straight up, I do think the Ravens are going to walk out with an outright win. But, I mean, you might as well take the points. And, like I said, they're, they're plus two and a half. Buy the half point, pay the 20 cents on the dollar, and take them at plus three. Like I said, I like that as the play in that game. So I think it may be – it's, you know, kind of one of the less talked about games of the weekend, but I think it may, like you said, turn out to be one of those shootout late fourth quarter last possession, you know, what you whoever's got the that, ball last wins. What you think on that 49-and-a-half over or under? It's tough. I mean, that's a tough total. Um, like I said, just with everything kind of relying on Josh Allen – he has, I mean, let's not forget, he's been great this year. I mean, dark horse MVP guy, potential, you know, offensive player of the year candidate and stuff like that. But he has in the past been turnover prone um, with one of the caveats. And, you know, this is as good as anyone else uh, growing up a Packers fan, watching Brett Favre. When you have a, a good arm like that, you tend to try to maybe force some stuff into to windows that look open but may not be open. So depending on, you know, just where he's at as far as, like, having to try to make plays on his own. I mean, it, you know, he may end up with three touchdowns and three picks. Who knows? Well, he didn't really force too much this year. Uh, let me see. I mean, he threw 10 interceptions this year, uh, 37 touchdowns, 3.7 ratio there. I mean, it's not bad at all for a third-year quarterback that really looked terrible his first year and really didn't look too much improved his second year. 
Yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely made some huge improvements this year. And that, I, he definitely I, has, but that doesn't mean that in a playoff game in pressure situations that, you know, young players don't tend to revert back to their past and stuff like that. I mean, it's not everyone's Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, protect the ball, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, I think, like I said, this game, in my opinion, is going to come down to Josh Allen and turnovers, and I think that maybe late trying to force some stuff might turn it kind of in the Ravens' favor. So um, we'll move on to the Sunday. I guess the early game Sunday is the Browns versus the Chiefs. The Browns pulled off a huge win last week against the Steelers, got a little bit of revenge for the uh, – Juju trash talk and then subsequent trash talk by Chase Claypool afterwards saying that he thinks they're going to get quote-unquote clapped this week. So all the millennials, you know, they, they understand what clap means. But, you know, I guess yeah. wishing a team to get beat provides more bulletin board material. So, again, maybe the Steelers yeah. are still providing them with a little bit of a spark. Yeah, before we jump into this game, have you seen the latest comments of Chase Claypool trying to defend his comment about the Browns? saying that he felt like the Browns disrespected Juju with all the mockery during the game and after the game, and that's why he hopes they lose. But he clearly didn't mention or clearly overlooked the fact that Juju disrespected the Browns to begin with, and they were just retaliating. Like, he's he's definitely being 100% biased for his teammate. Like, he's, he's definitely acting like a young wide receiver that doesn't really – have it all figured out yet yeah I, wide receivers being divas is like becoming a thing in the nfl and it's kind of annoying but well, you ask the old hall of famer uh chris carter he will say all wide receivers are divas there you go um yeah i mean you can say what you want i mean you got you got your ass kicked i mean yeah. you need to just take your l move on into 2021 and if you see him again don't dance on people's logos. Like I told you last week, just shut up and play. Like yep. seriously, let let your play on the field do the talking. And whenever you're up 28 nothing after the first quarter, you can dance and do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. But until then, just shut up and play ball. Now, obviously, to me, this is the most our second most interesting game of the week because obviously Green Bay is the most interesting to me. But I really see I could see this game going either way, honestly. Uh, there's there's so much potential here. If Kansas City comes out slow like they did last year coming out of the bye week, and if they fall behind 21 nothing early to Cleveland, I don't think Cleveland gives up this that lead like Houston did last year. I think Cleveland is built to maintain that lead, whereas Houston wasn't. And, and you definitely have the potential of that because – Kansas City had the bye week, and then they rested their starters in week 17. So those starters haven't played in essentially three weeks. I mean, that's a long layover to get back out there and immediately go right back to to full speed and full effort and not have a, a layover, a lag. Yeah. Well, what the Browns possess that the Houston Texans can only dream – of having is a running uh, game is a yes uh, when i say running game like the browns have a hellacious running game obviously kareem hunt this is a revenge game um his release and everything that went on with that was more than well deserved i mean he earned his ticket out of there but he's been balling out for the browns same as he balled out whenever he was with the chiefs and then nick chubb um dude's just been destroying it you know top five running back definitely in fantasy circles this year oh yeah and mm-hmm. I, I do think that that to me is the big equalizer for the Browns. Um, I do think that as long as Baker Mayfield can manage the game, you're not going to see him 
He'll have 300 yards passing if they get down, and he's got to throw the ball a lot. But if they can keep the game close or be playing from ahead, you're going to see ball control, ball control, ball control. They may have 40 freaking carries between Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. They're probably both going to need a nice bath once it's all said and done. But, I mean, it, it this game could easily turn into a shootout just given Baker Mayfield and his propensity for – not caring for the football I and mean, then I mean the Chiefs are the Chiefs they're going to sling it Tyreek Hill is going to get loose I mean it's a guarantee that he's going to have like 900 yards receiving yeah, um, a lot of people have referenced uh, the last matchup between Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes when they were in college the crazy game where they racked up like 1200 yards of offense between the yeah. two of them a lot of people are saying you know thinking this game could end up turning out like that and i mean it very easily could with the chiefs ability to score quickly and if they start to walk away from them the browns are going to have to retaliate to stay in the game they've got i mean baker mayfield can chunk the ball i mean he definitely has the unofficial record for the longest pass thrown in an nfl game on a hail mary a few weeks ago threw it like 70 plus yards in the air impressive and i mean it's like uncle rico shit oh yeah and you, I mean, you got <laughs> I mean, Jarvis landry back there so he's he's got some good receiver a good receiver to throw to so it, it could easily turn into a high score and shootout game it could i mean to that point the total's 57 and that's the highest total for a division round playoff game like in a decade yeah um it, this is one of those ones where i wouldn't touch the total I mean, it's it's it could very easily go over. I mean, if you're like if you want to roll those dice and say like, hey, I think they're gonna score, you know, eight plus touchdowns, then yeah, have at it. I mean, it's one of those things too that depending on what happens late in the game, who's up and stuff like that. When someone sits on a lead, then you know people start getting nervous. But um, one kind of interesting thing about Kansas City. Now, I know in most games, they're usually huge favorites, and they're a 10-point favorite in this game, which, I mean, for the Browns, I mean, hey, they, they've embraced the underdog. The, you know, the Browns is the Browns type thing this year. So 10 points in an NFL game in the playoffs, that's that's a, that's lot. a lot. I mean, that's like saying that the Browns are like shit, and they're not. I mean, they went out and handed it to a Steelers team that I think we both agree was – wildly overrated um, once they started playing half decent teams at the end of the season they started getting clapped um, but I really do think that you know Kansas City in their last eight they're one and seven against the spread 0-4 at home and 0-3 is a double digit favorite I mean like I said in a playoff game when anything can happen in a crazy shootout I really do like the Browns plus 10 I know you're going to agree with me on this because that's just a lot of freaking points yeah, and um, what I was going to bring up is in a previous podcast when I said Kansas City has not looked all that well of an oiled machine, there's been a lot of games this year where they've come out early and gotten big leads and then just let the other team steadily come back all game. Or on the flip side of that, there's been a lot of games where they've started extremely slow and had to come back and win late in the games. I mean – there was no reason for them to struggle like they did against Atlanta late in the season. Uh, there's, I mean, there's countless games throughout the year where they they really struggled in against subpar teams that they shouldn't have struggled against. So, 
I mean, ultimately, yes, they did pull out all those wins other than, you know, really the one loss to Oakland because week 17, most of the starters didn't play. Kind of irrelevant there. But so most of those games they struggled in. They did pull out the W. But January football is not the time to be struggling and pull out a W late. Like, you, you need to be on your A game because if you're not – and the other team is, you're going to get in a position that you can't pull yourself out of. Yeah. No, definitely, I mean, for them, they don't want to see the cardiac chief show up in the first half and go into halftime and be down. I mean, a la like the Texans. I mean, they they literally came from behind in every single playoff win last year. Yeah. Um, and they were down by double digits in every single one. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not a game they want to be down double digits in. No, not with Cleveland's ability to run the ball. Cleveland has a very good offensive line. Um, the the Chiefs, their big weaknesses stopping the run. So it'll be interesting, like I said, to see if they go with, you know, a lot of runs early, a lot of play action screens type stuff just to get, you know, uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt out in space. So, I mean, I think this – I mean, also the thing for the Browns too is they've actually had a chance to fucking practice this week, so that's a big deal. And yeah. then to your point earlier, Chiefs haven't played in three weeks. Um, they didn't play their starters week 17. In the past, we've seen this come back to bite teams in the ass where you don't play your starters. And like you said, they come out slow in the first quarter, first half, and next thing you know, you've dug yourself a hole. So we know the Chiefs, I mean, obviously they're great at uh, digging themselves out of those holes. I mean, they've got – they're literally a Tyreek Hill catch away from scoring a touchdown because anytime he touches the ball, dude's trying to take it to the house. Yeah. Um, Again, I I do like the Chiefs to win the game, but if I was a betting man, I would take the Browns plus 10. That's just a a lot of points in a playoff game, dude. I agree on that. I think the Chiefs win. I would take the Browns plus 10. And me personally, I would go with the over, but that's just me. I know you said you wouldn't touch it. Yeah, it's just that's that's a lot of points. Anytime you start getting like – historic numbers most in a decade is 57 points i mean this the game's gonna i mean i'm not predicting this but wouldn't be shocked if it's 17 to 10 or some shit like that you know but if there's anybody from cleveland out there listening which is unlikely at this point in time but just remember last week i continually called for a running back screen and when you called that play you took it to the house so if in doubt cleveland running back screen yeah give your boy wayne some love maybe i can uh phone him and uh, solicit some of his offensive help. Hell, maybe they'll they hire you as an offensive coordinator. Who knows? Hey, I would um, take that. Yeah, no joke. So moving on. So probably what's being considered the marquee game of the weekend. Uh, they should probably put it on the History Channel because it's between Breeze and Brady. I don't know if you've seen the meme floating around out there where they're I both have. like with gray beards. It's like oh, to be yeah. honest with you, they look like their current ages in the photo. But um, literally, yeah, definitely two, have the matchup against. I think probably this is the two oldest quarterbacks to face off against each other in the playoffs in NFL yeah, and history. De- and definitely two goats, two future surefire Hall of Famers. Yeah, um, you have the number one leader in touchdowns against the number two leader in touchdowns. I think they're one and two in yards. I mean, they're they're practically one and two in just about every quarterback category. Yeah, and they're about the only two besides maybe Philip Rivers that are coming due for AARP here yeah. in the very near future. Um, I, I, so, a divisional matchup. Um, Third the Saints, time they've played this year. Right. The Saints have swept the uh, the season series against the Bucks. There's the old cliche that it's really hard to beat a team the third time. Um, the numbers say that that's an extremely overrated stat. I don't want to say extremely. I mean, uh, the team that is 2-0 in this series is 14-8. and eight. Um, I mean, that's – it. 
when you look at the number, it's like, oh, that's kind of overwhelming, but it's like damn near 50-50. Yeah. Um, but it being Tom Brady, uh, the Bucks offense is explosive. Um, or can be, at least. Uh, yeah, and, and they've re- their offense, <clears throat> uh, right, I believe they lost to the Rams right a week or two after that game that they lost the second time they lost to New Orleans. But really since then – They've they've really been on offensive roll. Their offense has played extremely well. It's it's really hit on all cylinders. Um, Antonio Brown has gotten a lot more involved and been a playmaker for them. Gronkowski was a lot more involved later in the season than early. And obviously Chris Godwin and Mike Evans being healthy, it really makes them a very tough offense to cover with all their weapons. And really, if you throw two tight out, tight ends out there with uh, Gronk and Cameron Bright, you can create a real heavy run look for Leonard Fournette, but still have the ability to throw passes because you have two pass catching tight ends and still have a receiver out there on the field as well. So yeah. they, there's a lot of layers to that offense that they can do. There's a lot of looks they can give that are misleading. And obviously, you've got Tom Brady back there, most experienced quarterback in the playoffs in NFL history, uh, notorious for pulling out games that they really shouldn't win in the playoffs. I mean, he's he's good. It's gonna be a it's it's gonna be a really good game. I think so. I mean, I think you can kind of throw out the fact that the Saints, you know, beat the Bucks by a combined forty six points in the regular season. I think one of the games was kind of early on in the season. Yeah, when, it was uh, week they one. were struggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. they were obviously getting your feet underneath you, so you can kind of throw that game out as the offense has gotten more complex and a little bit more yeah, gelled. The, the second the time season. they played was mid to late October, and that was a 38-3 route. Right. So an interesting stat, though, that I pulled out, because I like to try to match you in your research sometimes, is Drew Brees is 5-2 and two all-time against Tom Brady. Uh, um, I saw that. So that's kind of an interesting that is number. the best record against Tom Brady for any quarterback in NFL history. Yep, and then Brady's also never lost to a team three times in a season. So kind of some intriguing stats there. You know, it's a little bit different with this being year one in Tampa Bay. I don't I mean, I'm sure Tom has all the influence in the world over, like, offensive scheme and stuff like that. And I'm sure that he's probably watched about 400 hours of game tape this week. I don't think he's probably slept. Um, that being said, the Saints – um, all four of their playoff games in the last, you know, two, three years have gone under, which tells me that, you know, obviously Breeze is, you know, 42 years old. He's not the down – he never was like a great downfield passer. Okay, Saints fans, don't, don't like try to like persecute me for saying that. The dude has immaculate accuracy and can throw the ball well down the field, and I think that's what makes him a good downfield passer is him being uh, crazy accurate, but – I mean, let, we'll, let's call it what it is. His arm strength is not what it was. I mean, it's like – it's not Peyton Manning bad, but, I mean, there's a noticeable difference between Tom Brady pushing the ball down the field, which he can still do that, and Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees has only attempted maybe a handful of passes over, like, 40 yards this year, I think, is, like, some stat that was, like, thrown around out there. Yeah, um, and coming into this season, um, I, I have it saved somewhere. I'd have to find it, but – over the past like two seasons before this year, he had had the least amount of passes of like 20 yards down the field in the NFL. Like it, I want to say it was like four or five passes downfield. I mean, it was a ridiculously 
low number of deep passes like and i mean he's always high in completion percentage and he's always throwing those short to intermediate routes that are you know high percentage passes right so i mean kind of my take on the game if i was a bet man i'd take the saints they're a three-point favorite i would buy that half point off and take a minus two and a half um only because that three points is kind of a sucker bet it's, it reeks of a late field goal type win and especially in this game more than likely I won't, i'm not going to call it a shootout i do believe it'll probably be a back and forth um maybe like a 28 24 type game is what i can kind of see the the saints defense is light years better than it was five years ago when it was all offense no defense um i think again they've got like all pro at all three levels of the defense and they've got some great uh young and veteran players um, I really do think that's going to be the X factor. I believe that the Saints defense is outplaying the Buccaneers defense this year. Um, I mean, the Bucks on paper have virtually the same defense that led the league last year, but just not putting up the same numbers. Um, yeah. The Saints, I mean, this, like I said, the Saints are going to be all ball control. Alvin Kamara, um, Latavius Murray, you know, Michael Thomas, he showed that he was healthy um, last week. So I, I believe that Sean Payton's going to have a, a great game plan. He'll probably have some stuff drawn up that the Bucks haven't seen in the first couple games. Um, you know, so in my opinion, at home, I know the fans and crowd and stuff like that kind of take some of the home field advantage out of it, but it's still – it's there. there'll be some people there. The Superdome's always loud. Yeah. Uh, like I said, by the half point, take the Saints minus two and a half, and I think the Saints win the game outright. Uh, like I said, this, this game just kind of reeks of a late score – late go-ahead score, so that's what I'm saying by that half point in case it's just a, you know, a late field goal for the win. Yeah, see, I'm taking I'm taking Tampa Bay with the points because I think Tampa Bay is going to pull it out late. That's, uh, that's my pick. And uh, I found that stat I was telling you about. Uh, it's basically the title of it is Short Range King. It says Drew B. Brees has completed one pass that has traveled more than 35 yards beyond the line of scrimmage since 2017. Now that was – obviously coming into this season so anything he's done this this season is not included in that so you're looking at 2017 18 and 19 one completion of 35 yards down the field yeah he just doesn't push it like he used to man i mean he's not the 50 pass attempts drew Brees of old but you know like i said tom's a goat it's hard to to want to pick or bet against him um i just don't think in year one <clears throat> with his uh, tenure with the Buccaneers. I just – there's still a little bit to be worked out as far as their offense. So, I think the Saints defense hangs on late. That's just my opinion. But yeah. And, yeah, I mean, all in honestly, honestly I, I really don't care who wins this game. I think Green Bay wins their game, and I think Green Bay wins whoever wins – you know, play, whoever they play out of this game, I think they beat in Lambeau next week. So, of But course. me personally, I'd rather it be Tampa Bay since Tampa Bay handed us our worst loss of the year in Tampa. So I'd like a revenge game just to really, really submit how much better this team is than what everybody said they were this year. And ultimately, I really want them to beat Tampa Bay to shut Skip Bayless up. Skip Bayless is a notorious Aaron Rodgers hater and a Tom Brady lover, and he has been on the Tampa Bay train, as he likes to call it, all year long. So. Nothing would make me happier than to play Tom Brady next week and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers smoke them to get to the Super Bowl and just shove it in Skip Bayless's face. 
Yeah, Skip Bayless is a jackass. I won't disagree with you there. It's like he's the king jackass, and then Stephen A. Smith is in his back pocket. So, yeah. Um, but I can handle Stephen A. because Stephen A. is on the Aaron Rodgers train. Stephen right. A. thinks Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Of course. Uh, any, at any rate, I think it's going to be four intriguing games. I don't think that any one of them. I guess maybe the Chiefs game has the biggest chance of turning into a route and getting disinteresting late. But I think all four games should be pretty good. So with that, we'll we'll wrap up our show for this week. As always, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. I'm sure we'll probably put out a uh, post tomorrow with just our straight-up picks that we like. Um, hopefully you wrote down what we threw out there if you were a betting man. Um Again, you know, drop us a line. Let us know some stuff that you want us to cover. Um, we'd love to hear from y'all. I think next week we may, since we're starting to get that coaching carousel start turning a little bit, I think we may cover some of the hirings and, you know, we'll wrap up the divisional round in our, our first episode next week. So, you know, we appreciate you guys listening in. You got anything to uh, add? No, I think you covered it. Uh, just we appreciate the support. We'd like to interact with everybody more. So, look out for us on social media and that's really all we got all right man we'll uh we'll see you guys in the next one all righty